If you haven't bought all your presents yet, do it today. Don't wait to the last minute. I went to Walmart this morning to get some last minute stocking stuffers and the shelves are bare. Y'all know we got a supply chain problem already. So go right now. Pause the show, go shopping and listen to the rest of it when you come back. It's just me today, Jason. Uh, Kevin is not here this week. He's in South America doing wet work for the CIA or corporate espionage or who knows. Who knows what he's doing? But he's not here this week. He'll be back next week. But I'm very happy to be doing the last show before Christmas. So I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you're uh, celebrating. I hope you have a good one with your family and your friends and eat some good food, drink some hot chocolate. Hope you buy good presents for people. You know, some people think they buy good gifts and they don't. (laughs) Some people get really excited about the gifts they bought. Like, oh man, you're going to love this one. And then you open up that box and you're like, oh yes, I love it. This is great. This is exactly what I didn't want. (laughs) This is exactly what I did not want. But it's the thought that counts. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving that to me. I appreciate it. But I'm at the age now where I got a couple kids. You know, as long as the kids are getting some cool stuff, I've had lots of Christmases. If I want something, I just buy it. So whatever. I'm just happy watching. I don't need any good gifts. But if you get me something, get me something good. (laughs) Give me something fun. I don't want boring gifts for... Christmas. I want something interesting. I want something fun. Get something, buy something for somebody that they would not buy for themselves. You know, something that they, that is in, that that they're into a book or if they're into books or if they're into whatever their hobby is, if they like music, you know, if they like doing yard work, if they like uh, woodworking, maybe they like working on cars, maybe they like to whittle little, little pipes or little bears out of wood. Maybe they like to try out recipes. Whatever. Whatever they're into. Just just start with that and then buy something that they would never buy. Something fun. Something interesting and fun. Something that they would never buy for themselves. That's my goal. When I buy a Christmas present, I want to buy something that they would never buy for themselves. I don't want anybody telling me what they want for Christmas. I'll just go and figure it out. Well, uh, by go, now I mean I will go to amazon.com and I will scroll up and down until I find something that looks good. But pro tip too, you need to branch out from Amazon. I know we all shop at Amazon and Amazon's got all kinds of stuff, but uh, you got you to gotta branch out. We all shop at Amazon. So now Amazon's boring. Now you got to find something new, something interesting. Maybe you, maybe you sign them up for a wine club Maybe you go to some website nobody's ever heard of and get some ridiculous piece of wall art. I don't know. Buy them an NFT. Go to buy them some. Here you go. Buy buy some land, some quote unquote land in the metaverse. It's a it's an investment. Who knows what it'll be worth? Maybe zero. <laughs> but anyway, good luck. Good luck with your holiday shopping. Don't wait. Don't wait to the last minute. Don't do it. I know some people get upset about the commercialization of uh, Christmas. You know, it's like, oh, it should be about this and not about spending a bunch of money. It's like, I get that. But uh, I have family who, you know, own stores and it's, Christmas is a pretty big deal. Sometimes Christmas is what makes the whole year work. 
when you're not making enough money all year long and you get that that bump at Christmas time and the holidays. So you know what? I'm all for it. Commercialize Christmas, go out, go out to my family store and buy, 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 buy. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there's a new Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming out. I'm not a Sonic fan. I guess I'm as much of a Sonic fan as anybody who likes, who grew up playing video games and played the originals when they came out. Mm, you know, I don't, I don't play them now, all these 3D ones. I parted ways with Sonic a long time ago. And I remember being shocked along with everybody else when that first trailer for that first movie came out. Do you remember that? The first trailer, the first one before they fixed the model, and the model looks like, you, it, it, it was bad. The model, the model was bad. It was so bad, and they got so much backlash that the studio spent all that money to have it fixed, to make it more like uh, the video game model. And really, they should have just used that model to start with. I mean, Sega's been cranking out these games for 20 years, or longer than 20 years, but the 3D ones for at least 20 years. They had the models all figured out. They should have just used one of those. Sega'd be happy to license that model to them or whatever. Instead, they make this thing that they're kind of trying to make it look real, but it looks too hairy, and it's it's sort of cartoony, but not cartoony enough. I, I just think it looks weird. I said that on Twitter. <laughs> I, somebody called me out on Twitter because I pointed... I, I linked the trailer, and I said, the model looks bad. The new show has Tails in it. And so Tails looks kind of like Sonic, like it's kind of cartoony, but it's kind of real. But mostly the effect to me is just weird. It's weird. It doesn't look right. It's, it's almost got that uncanny valley feeling. You know, when you see Boston Dynamics or uh, somebody making a robot and it puts skin on it, it's, it's making facial expressions and sounds and talking to you and you look at it and your brain's like, something is, something is really wrong with this. This is not right. <laughs> this is all wrong. Danger, danger. That's kind of what the Sonic and Tails models are like in this movie. It's just not right. There's something wrong with it to me. So anyway, I said this on uh, Twitter and somebody's like, you know, there are a lot of people who worked really hard on those models and they look fine. And you should feel bad because the studio went bankrupt. Hey, point taken. I appreciate anybody's hard work. Animation, I don't do it. I don't do 3D. I don't do computer animation, but I, you know, play video games from time to time. I watch these Marvel movies and I see all the names in the list in the credits. I know a lot of people work on these things. It takes a lot of work, a lot of time and a lot of effort, a lot of expertise. I know they work hard and they did a much better job than the original animators did, but I'm sorry. It's just not good. It ain't good. It could be better. But point taken, they worked hard, fine. That's fine. But he told me the studio went bankrupt, and they didn't go bankrupt. They uh, they closed down a location. I read an article. I had to check up on it after I heard him say that. And the article said they shut down, and it gave a couple vague reasons that don't really mean anything. So it's a worldwide company. They got whatever. Anyway, so I watched this Sonic 2 trailer. And it is nice to see Jim Carrey doing it again. It's a Jim Carrey is so interesting that one man can act so crazy in so many movies for so long and everyone loves him. Are Jim Carrey movies good? Think back. Uh, Ace Ventura. Uh, 
Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Mask. He was the Riddler in that Batman movie. Are these good movies? Is he good? Is he good in these movies? He, he is a complete loony. T- he's a cartoon of an actor, which is fine. It must be great because people, people like him. What do I know? People love Jim Carrey. And you know what? If I went and watched Ace Ventura right now, I'd probably laugh a lot. If I watched The Mask, I'd probably laugh a lot. I don't know if I would laugh at me, myself, and Irene. <laughs> Maybe I'd chuckle during the Truman Show. Maybe I would laugh during Liar Liar. But then, didn't he just fall off the face of the earth for the last however many years? And then he pops up and he's Dr. Robotnik. But he seems perfect for that role. I just assumed that the first Sonic movie made no money. I don't know why I would assume that. I just got the vibe like, oh, this is not good and nobody's going to watch it and it's not going to make any money. But I was really wrong. I mean, that was my first question when I saw the second trailer. It's like, they're, they're making another one? Another one of these? When the first one was a flop? So I looked it up and I was completely wrong. The first one made plenty of money. They spent something like $89 million making it and it made uh, like $319 million. So that's great. So yeah, no brainer. Why wouldn't you make another movie? It did remind me a little bit of the old games. Some of the scenes from that trailer. Do you guys play the old games? Do you remember those games? I don't know how old you guys are. I assume everyone who's listening to the show is the same age than I am. And I'm old enough to remember those games when they came out. The originals on the Sega Genesis. They're really good. Sonic has all the elements of a perfect game. I don't think those games are perfect, but they have all the elements of perfect games. I'm talking about those first three games in the Sega Genesis. They're interesting to look at. The music is really good. The character is really good. Everybody likes Sonic. The storyline, who cares? It's unimportant. It has a unique graphic style. You could replay the game because you could play through and beat it the regular way, but then you had to play through it again and get all the Chaos Emeralds to get the real ending. Because you didn't get the true ending unless you got all the Chaos Emeralds and became supersonic and beat the last boss. Which was really hard to do. So you could play the heck out of that game. And they were all fun. Just talking about it, I can hear some of the music from the game going through my head. It's really good music. It's just the style. It has a good style. And when that thing became 3D, all that style just went right down the crapper. <laughs> I mean, it's got a style, but I don't like it. I don't know if, if people... Well, look, they've made, what, 100 3D versions of Sonic? So, obviously, somebody likes it. It just ain't me. I like the old school ones, the style. Sonic was pretty much ruined when he started talking. He was supposed to be a cool... <laughs> Taking this way too seriously. <laughs> okay, Sonic's supposed to be cool, right? Like a cool guy with a ba- with an attitude. Look at the way they drew him. That expression on his face. And then he started talking. He's like, come on, man, let's do this. <laughs> Whoa, Tails, come on. Radical. <laughs> it's exactly as cool as the uh, Ninja Turtles, the old, co- uh, the old Ninja Turtles cartoon was. Dude, Cowabunga Man. Let's get a chili dog. I had a very bah humbug moment this morning. <laughs> I was, I spilt hot coffee on myself while I was throwing out a gingerbread house. <laughs> I don't know. It just there's something that felt very Uncle Scrooge about it.
I was throwing this gingerbread house, this old gingerbread house my kids made into the woods. And I spilled coffee on myself. Dad, gum it! Darn it! Bah humbug! I can remember one Christmas when I was a young kid, I don't know, maybe like 10 or something, and everyone asked me what I wanted. <clears throat> and for some reason, I said I wanted this and that. I don't remember what all I said. I wanted this, I want that. But, I, but clothes would be fine too. And I told everyone that. And so when we went to Christmas Eve to open presents in my aunt's house, uh, every present I opened was clothing. I got socks, shirts, sweaters, and I just got sadder and sadder and sadder. My mom must have seen how sad I was looking because she came, she came over to try to comfort me. <laughs> you know, and the, and the lesson basically was, well, you know, you sort of asked for it. So I guess I didn't think, I guess I thought, surely these adults, these fully formed adults who used to be kids would know not to buy me clothes. I don't know why I would have said it. I have no idea. It was such a long time ago, but lesson learned. If you don't want it, don't mention it. Don't ask for it. Don't offer it as an alternative, period. Don't even throw it out there because <laughs> you might get nothing but sweaters and socks for Christmas. I did, though, when I was 12. We opened presents and my dad said, oh, wait, there's one more waiting for you outside. So we went out and it was an awesome dirt bike. And man, I rode that dirt bike for years through the woods, through the mud. All my friends would come over and ride it. And my cousins would come over and ride it. I can't imagine how many miles we put on that thing. Jumping stuff. And I never got in a wreck, really. I was pretty, pretty safe, I guess. Except for one time when Kevin, who is my co-host and brother, when Kevin was riding on the back and I didn't think about the weight difference. And so we went up the tiniest little hill you can imagine and the, the motorcycle just flipped backwards <laughs> and my leg landed on the muffler. <laughs> Guess what? It was hot. <laughs> uh, man, all these kid stories are popping up now. I used to stay with my cousin a lot and he had a motorcycle before I did. And we would, he would ride me around on it. But my mom thought that was very unsafe, uh, and she was right. They are extremely unsafe, especially for a couple of very young boys, uh, you know, who think they're invincible and uh, are just looking for stupid things to do. But anyway, my mom said, you're not allowed to ride on the motorcycle. Don't do it. Okay, mom. I said, okay, of course I did it anyway. But I left my foot. This is how much I didn't know about motorcycles. I left my foot, my shoe, sort of nestled against the muffler, which gets very hot. And so after we'd ridden around for a while and I got off the motorcycle, it was like a piece of gum was stuck to the bottom of my shoe or like you're pulling apart a hot piece of pizza and the cheese just stretches. You know how when you pull gum out of your mouth and it just stretches and stretches and stretches? That was the bottom of my shoe that was stuck to this muffler after being melted. <laughs> So anyway, I got caught. That was all right. It happened many times. <clears throat> I've read some really weird to me stories lately, and I thought I would share some of these with you because they were pretty funny. So number one, I had no idea that Quidditch was actually real. Did you know that people actually play Quidditch? That there are Quidditch teams? 
you know, from Harry Potter. Do you remember those books? The fake sport that you have to have brooms to fly around on to play? Where the, the teams fly around in their brooms and they have all these different balls that also fly through the air and they try to score points by throwing these balls through hoops. That's a real game. <laughs> and so my first question is, how do you play that? So I, I, I ended up at this Chicago Tribune article and it was talking about Quidditch. It's got a nice little map here of the field of all the hoops and it tells you all about all the rules. This thing goes back to 2005. So this game is like 16 years old. And the article describes it as uh, like a combination of basketball and rugby with a little bit of hockey and dodgeball. Um, and it, t- it says that, the, it's, quote, the sport is gaining serious momentum. Hundreds of colleges, dozens of high schools have teams. And there's even a 16-team pro league, major league Quidditch that has international competitions. This is incredible. You thought it was amazing that housewife J.K. Rowling wrote these books that turned into billions of dollars worth of book sales and movie sales, licensing, toys, lunchboxes, clothing, everything else. She also has created a new sport. It's pretty incredible. So my first question was, how do you play the game because you can't fly on broomsticks? Well, in the real-world version of Quidditch, you have to have a broom between your legs at all times. So you're running around with a broom between your legs. I don't know if it's like a full-size broom or if it's a a tiny broom made just for Quidditch. (laughs) I should have looked up a picture. And then my second question was, if you remember in the movie, they have that little golden snitch. And it's a tiny little golden ball that flies around the, the, the arena. And if you grab it, your team wins. So I'm thinking, well, how do you do that? And it turns out, <laughs> this is hilarious. And it turns out, it's like flag football. So there's a person, a neutral party, who's on neither team, wears a flag. I think it's a flag. Uh, no, no. Okay, I'll just read it from the article. Each match has one snitch. A person dressed in yellow who wears a sock with a tennis ball attached to the back of their waistband. So to, quote, catch the snitch, a seeker has to grab the ball as they would another player's flag in flag football. The snitch is a volunteer and often a player from one of the teams in a match. Oh, I was totally wrong about that. Is one of the, uh, and often a player from one of the teams in the match. That person is expected to be impartial. (laughs) That's funny. Is expected to be impartial in preventing uh, seekers from grabbing the ball. In tournament play, the snitch is usually a person who is not on either team competing at the time. Oh, okay. So in tournament, I I had it right about the tournaments. There are also certified snitches. (laughs) Do you really want to be called a certified snitch? I don't want to be called a... I don't want to be a certified snitch. That doesn't sound very good. You grew up with mobster movies like I did, right? Snitches get stitches. You don't want to be. You don't want to be a snitch. There are also certified snitches available through the U.S. Quidditch Association, which often is the preferred situation. Teams can accommodate one for matches. So there you go. Real life Quidditch. You might have thought it was impossible. Someone figured it out. Incredible. I'm waiting to see. U.S. Olympic Quidditch. Football is going down the tubes, right? People don't care about it as much. 
when football dies, something's going to need to take the place of football. So maybe it can be Quidditch. Maybe maybe as Quidditch, football dies, Quidditch will rise up <laughs> to take its place. <laughs> we'll have uh, uh, Electronic Arts will be making a Quidditch, a new Quidditch game every year. Quidditch 2030, Quidditch 2031. <laughs> now, if they do that, uh, in a video game, you could have them fly, but are they going to just use the... I guess they need to use the real players from the real game, so it's got to be Muggle Quidditch. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. There's another story I've got here. Let me go ahead and pull this up. I thought this was hilarious. You know, we're all surrounded by Wi-Fi and Bluetooth cell tower signals and electromagnetic radiation coming from uh, you know power pole uh, power lines and transformers and all this stuff. And people have been worried about it for a long time, with good reason, I think. But this article, it's this is from newfuturism.com. This article, the headline reads, Experts stop wearing radioactive anti-5G necklaces, idiots. And then the <laughs> man, the news, I tell you, has really, has really changed. Uh, the tagline is, this is beyond stupid. <clears throat> so nuclear experts in the Netherlands are warning against anti-5G pendants that some are wearing with the ridiculous idea they'll harm off the harmful frequencies. So the whole problem with these pendants, and I don't think the article, unless I missed it, does not say what they're made of, but it mentions that the problem with wearing these things is that they emit a potentially harmful ionizing radiation, uh, a.k.a. they're literally radioactive and could cause negative health effects. It's not much, but if you wear one of these things every day for weeks and weeks and weeks and maybe years, you could be doing damage to yourself by a continued low dosage of radiation. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's just completely impossible to, oh man, any subject you dive into, it's just completely impossible to figure out what is going on. You look back in the past, the things, it's funny because nowadays if you, if you go against the grain, if, you're, if your opinion is a little different than the mainstream, people think you're idiotic, but in 50 years, everybody might think that the, the mainstream consensus is idiotic and you were actually right. But that's not, you know, that's not the way people work. And they're not like, oh, that's a very interesting idea. Let me go think about that and research it. And, uh, and we'll get back to you. After I've done some research, I'll come back and we'll discuss this further to see if we can arrive at uh, what we think is perhaps a true conclusion. No, they just say, what are you, an idiot? That's not what I was taught in school. That's not what I see on sitcoms. You know, that's not what they say on sitcoms. That's not what they say in textbooks. You're, you're obviously an idiot. <laughs> so you have to get comfortable. If you, listen, if you're not interested in knowing what the facts are, that's fine. Just just go along with whatever. But if you have any interest in figuring out what the truth is, you've got to be comfortable with just being sort of an idiot all the time, according to most people. But it seems clear that if you're wearing a pendant that releases radiation that's uh, dangerous over time, don't do that, okay? Now, the article says 5G is harmless. Um, what a shock. I mean, there's a lot of money on the line for 5G. Uh, I would be, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, um, but I can imagine that 
if you were the lone voice who discovered there was something wrong with it, you would have a, that would be a difficult path to try to convince the public that there's something wrong with 5G. Because, brother, I want them fast internets. I want them fast. I don't want to wait for nothing. When I click on that YouTube video, I want it to come up quick. I would like some true uh, unlimited band uh, bandwidth, though. These unlimited plans stink. Let's do one more. This is from Nintendo Life. I don't... You know how when you open up Google and it gives you just a bunch of random articles that you can look at? I think this came from that. So the article says, uh, this guy has been mining out an entire Minecraft world for four years and he's almost finished. And there's a great picture here of uh, a regular Minecraft world and then there's a wasteland <laughs> where the blocks have been mined out. And I won't read the entire article, but basically this guy had it in his mind that he was just going to mine out, uh, want, just going to mine out this whole world. The, this world is 862 by 862 blocks in size, which the article says amounts to roughly 47 million blocks that he has to mine. Have you ever played Minecraft? You know how this works? How you got your little pickaxe and uh, there's a block of dirt or whatever in front of you and you just hit it whap, and it disappears. So that, that he's going to have to do that 47 million times. Uh, there was an official update from him in October 2020 when he had mined 25 million blocks. 25 million blocks. That is incredible. And I mean, obviously the question is, why would you do that? The article ends with, if you're wondering why or how, his name is Menthical. If you're wondering why or how, Menthical has an answer for you. And he says, I want to be able to just build my legacy but help others build their own legacy that will be seen for years to come. Many people may think doing these big projects will be a waste of time, but they don't understand that once they finish, they'll be remembered by others through the accomplishments. Well, I mean, there that's true. You know, um, no matter how silly something is, if it's big enough and takes enough time, you will be remembered for it. You remember Forrest Gump when he just decided to start running? And just kept on running and kept on running and ended up with a whole crowd of people behind him. And ran and ran and ran. And I don't remember how far. And one day he just stopped and said, decided he was going to run back home. I mean, that was a huge accomplishment. Uh, but in the end, it's like, who cares? <laughs> this Minecraft thing is, is the same sort of thing. You did it. Uh, is that something you can look back on and be proud? I appreciate. There are a lot of things that don't seem useful. But I think are actually useful. Maybe. I mean, video games can be a massive waste of time. But we, you know, people, a lot of people have jobs making video games. We get a lot of technology making video games. The industry has value. What value is produced by watching a guy chop 47 million blocks? And I'm imagining this guy has a Twitch channel and he live streams himself doing this. <laughs> Friday night chill and chop. Friday night moonshine and uh, and mine. We're gonna get together and drink some whiskey and car and strip mine this entire planet. Come chill with me. Let's chat while I just tink 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 tink. Oh my god! I'm imagining my wife finding me doing this and being appalled. Like you're doing what? 
Why would you do that? Honey, I'm building a legacy here. I'm building a legacy for myself. I'm inspiring people. You can inspire people to do the wrong thing, <laughs> believe it or not. You can absolutely inspire people to do things that are uh, sort of a waste. But hey, what do I know? Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe life itself is a waste of time. So who cares? <laughs> Just do whatever you want to do. Anyway, I think that's probably going to do it. Man, I hope you guys have a great holiday. Mine's been great so far. My wife is booked. My wife is keeps the social calendar. She's, oh man, we've had a lot of stuff to go to, a lot of parties, things like that. I'm not really complaining. I'm not going to complain about that. That's silly. That's really silly. By the way, let me give you guys a tip. If you have some kind of party that's at your house and you're not excited about it, I mean, you could you could do some drinking before people come over, and then you won't care. That's tried and true. That's that's a time tested method for getting through parties that you don't want to that you don't want to have. But something else you can do is you put on something on television, something innocuous, like some National Geographic show that's really interesting, and just let it play. Okay, so then. Even if you're not having any fun talking to anyone, at least you can sit and watch TV. <laughs> Would it be better advice to just say to small talk and learn, you know, to learn to enjoy that? That seems better. Just learn to enjoy it. But maybe that's maybe that's not practical. Maybe you can't just maybe you can't just do that. So look, if you can't, if you want to take the high road, talk to everybody. Make an effort. Just try to get to get interested. Ask interesting questions. Try to be engaging and charming and have a good time. Uh, but if you want to skip all that, just put on uh, "Welcome to Earth" by you know the Will Smith uh, National Geographic documentary and let that play. And then when you get bored, you can watch deep sea bioluminescent creatures, or you can watch Will uh, you know uh, climb to the top of a volcano and all kinds of interesting things like that. But we're having a lot of fun. I hope you're having a lot of fun. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And um, we'll see you again next week.